0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we finish up our foray into the Glotion, the prompt from one Mr. Gluax Speed, longtime patron, I think our oldest and longest patron, perhaps the first, but anyway. We're on to that. We're on to part two. So big reminder that, yes, this is part two of a two part series. So please, if you haven't listened to the first one, go back, give it a listen. Otherwise, you'll probably be pretty lost. Of course, if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions. And within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter over at Let's World Build. And if you want to join us where the action is, come join our Discord, chat with us about cephalopods, ocean stuff, and pretty much anything that's World Build related and some stuff that's not, of course. Come join our Discord, hang out with the community. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon where you can just. Give us money because you think we're doing a good job. If you've used our ideas before, go ahead and give us some money. Why not? Right. We'd really appreciate it. We always appreciate our patrons and their continued love and support. All right, of course, you get, you get stuff back in return, including patron only episodes. You get uh, special treatment when it comes to your settings and you get episodes early pretty much every week. Not to mention, we got the patron-only Discord as well. Come chat and hang out with us. And with all of the shilling out of the way, let's dive right back into the cephalopods. So last we left off, we rolled the twist, and our twist was, now add in some treachery. So, Daniel, kick us off here. How did you reconcile the twist?
1: I thought maybe... Because we know the city has descended from at some point in the past, and it's in a treacherous position. Um, My thought is that among the ruling class of this group is one or more accelerationists Mm. who believe Um, that there is a way to go further down and to perhaps gain by that by some means. Interesting. Whether that means merging with machines or, I don't know, finding something deeper down there at the
0: cost of perhaps their whole civilization. Oh, I, I really love that, Daniel. I, do too. I love that yeah. so much that we must go further. We <laughs> must go deeper. There's <laughs> yeah. So much below the waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love yeah. that so much. That's amazing. I'm a big fan of that, too. Um, I think I might have a co-conspirator for you, Daniel, because I was thinking, OK, what's the obvious choice? The obvious choice is what? You invoke the uh robot hermit crabs, right? The. The servant right. class uprising, whatever, that's been done a million times before. We're not doing that. Instead, what I thought of was like, okay, well, we've got this kind of technological clash going on here, and you know it might be really fun to kind of reify that is to create a, not a faction, but a group of people who are trying to overthrow the robot hermit crabs. They're essentially... Deeply anti-technology, and they're plotting to destroy the robot hermit crabs as extensively as possible. Right now, just kind of sabotaging the occasional one, but they have a grander plot to destroy all of them, essentially. And Daniel, the reason I say co-conspirator is because I can see our two uh, ideas kind of coalescing into a grand conspiracy where you're higher echelon is using this kind of Luddite cult as a oh, means yeah. to force us deeper into the ocean. Like maybe mm. we can even say or suggest that the hermit crabs are partially responsible for maintaining the height at which the city is in right now.
1: It's a psyop as they oh, say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Now Courtney, what mm. can you add a third wheel to our conspiracy or do you have a completely new direction that you want to take us?
2: Um, It might fit in as a third wheel, but it's disconnected because it's in the past, kind
0: of. Oh, cool. Let's hear it.
2: So my idea was that this city or part of a city um, that had originally been in more shallow waters and had been disconnected, like that disconnection was purposeful
0: Mm -hmm. because this
2: portion of the population housed a rebel faction of some sort that the cephalopod leaders wanted to literally cut out from the picture by dropping them into the ocean.
1: Oh, wow. Mm. So this this rebel faction has a deep-seated um, need for vengeance.
2: I would imagine so. If they even know that that's what happened. Because oh, it may have come mm. across as like some freak natural occurrence, uh, okay. an earthquake mm. or something.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's talk about this a little bit, because mm-hmm. I think I have a fun idea. I love the idea that this was a targeted attack that failed spectacularly and instead of just cutting out their section of the city they dropped the entire city oh yeah (laughs) oh no so so it's not just rebels it's the people who planned it and plotted it are also down there and they're like you fucking idiot you fucking dumbass how could you dare do that to us you know like i think that's way more interesting if we do it that way
1: so they originally planned to get rid of a, a sect they didn't like, but they ended up tanking the whole city. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it.
0: Imagine that you have like like a C4 charges and you have to plant them strategically mm-hmm. in order to collapse part of a building. And then instead, you just collapse the entire city block because you fucked up so bad by placing the charges <laughs> wrong. Can
1: we do double treachery? Mm. Like- so there's the original intent was to get rid of the faction. Mm-hmm. There was a disaster that pulled the whole city down. But deeper inside of that, there are those who sabotaged the thing to make it look like it was an accident because they wanted to go lower.
0: Uh, oh, so you'll have I the through it? line with your particular. Uh-huh. OK,
1: that, that acceleration accelerationist set that up a long time ago. Yeah, yes.
0: OK, yeah, I, like I want to support that. I need some justification as Mm -hmm. to because, because once you fall, once I can see where that that mind kind of like breaks and it's like, okay, there's now some kind of zealotry involved. Where Mm -hmm. does the original plot come from? Because I I might, oh, yeah, what do you got? I
2: might have something with my faction actually. Oh, well, look at (laughs) the segue.
0: Good segue, Courtney. What do you got for us?
2: So, Last episode, Rob, you mentioned astrologers as something that could exist. And at the time, I was like, how would that work in a city that's really far underwater? And I had been thinking of connecting it to my reconciliation of the twist, like that rebel faction was a group of astrologers who maybe were predicting some downfall of the elite or were creating their own religion or Mm -hmm. something to that effect. What if like, that astrologer group is also Daniel's accelerationist group. Like mm-hmm. in the stars, they saw omens of some great downfall. or some reason that they needed to, to dig deeper and that this is them yeah. like doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm
2: on like
1: astrology as being their, their methodology. And I wonder too, since we discovered machines halfway through, if that has something to do with it, that that's what they're seeking.
0: Uh, oh, see, I, I was thinking of something much simpler, which is, Hey, there's literal meteors coming and we're too close to the surface. The only way we can survive is by literally sinking deeper into the ocean. So we're protected. And then now that they're halfway down, they're like, no, we still need to go deeper because we're going to get hit by these meteor. Like I'm thinking even simpler than like anything beyond that.
1: I almost want I, I like meteors. The one thing that worries me about that is it kind of presents something outside of the realm of the setting Like as being an impetus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I like that we have, because you said originally the the machines come from below. Mm
2: -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering
1: if we can somehow tie that origin to these guys' intent to go deeper. Because I wonder if like the machines, we also didn't talk about the huge giant machines. Like maybe there's a connection there that they're looking for. Mm
0: -hmm. I I do want to clarify something real quick though. Just because they believe that meteors are coming, yes, doesn't right. mean that actual meteors are coming. I just want to clarify that right. Point. Sure. Right. I yeah. wanted to
2: note that I did say astrologers, not astronomers, so they could just right. be pulling stuff out of their ass. They have no idea what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> right. Right. I just mean like, it, I think to me, it's more interesting if the threat is coming from in the space of of the world, which is the ocean.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm. like,
1: if the threat's coming from below, somehow. And that will pull, the, not, not necessarily the threats coming from below, but if there is something to be found below, that will pull us down, basically, mm-hmm. like naturally.
2: Or maybe they, they foresaw some omen of like some Leviathan creature that's going to rise up or something to that effect where they, they thought that going deeper would be safer.
0: Mm.
1: are they reacting to something that they thought is going to happen to them? Like I almost, I think acceleration is they've some generally what that means is like something's bad has happened in order to get, make it. end, we have to get to the worst part of it. Right. Mm. Which is essentially what you guys are talking about. But I'm wondering if like the acceleration to go further down is a reaction to having dropped to this depth so far. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the real answer is what's at the lowest depth is something not that will help their civilization or benefit them, but will benefit the accelerationists, right? Because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it seems like as we're describing them right now, they're like good in the sense that they are trying to save the civilization. I don't want them to be good. I don't want them to be
0: good either. I know. Like I
1: don't even want them operating under the pretense that they're doing something for the greater good. I want something even more sinister is what I mean. Okay. Okay. So maybe
2: they got to this depth and then out of a, a hunger for maybe more knowledge or greater yeah. power or something. That's why they want to go deeper. It's not out I'm of thinking. like safety. It's just like, we need to go. I deeper. mean,
1: there could be another faction to, to Rob's point that, that sees this as a way to save themselves, but the darkest among them is, yeah. is, is bad. Yeah. You know?
0: uh, okay. Okay. Right. But what tipped us off to begin with was I needed a reasoning to start this chain of thinking, mm-hmm. like what is the reasoning behind someone who would want to sink them further into the ocean? Like, or, or to sink them in the ocean at all. Like that's, that's what I need to jibe to work with that. Like, okay. Cause if they genuinely believe that the only way they can survive and be safe is by sinking them. Cool. I can believe in that there's some kind of religious zealotry involved. Cool. I can understand that. But if they're just like, no, we must go to the ocean. Like, what's in it for them? Like, what is at the bottom of the ocean that like? I think the
1: the machines are the answer. How
0: mm-hmm. do they know about the machines if they're from the top? Like, my assumption is that they only knew about it once they fell to the first level,
1: right? They encountered them when they fell, right? And they became part exactly. of their society, right? But right. maybe they have knowledge of them all along, or from the beginning, or maybe they didn't know about them. But Then again, we don't, like you're saying, there's no reason for the city to blow up. Blah, blah. I
0: need rationale. I
1: Rational. mean, I think maybe the, the accelerationists that are deepest and darkest in the conspiracy have some knowledge of these machines to begin with. But I we don't know the relationship really between the machines and these creatures other than that they're caretakers in some way. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot more of them than the cephalopods. Pods. So I guess you might have to answer the question, why is that disparity? Like, why are there so few of them?
0: I assumed that there was a, I mean- the fucking city fell from a tectonic plate. Like, (laughs) right. Exactly. Like that, that to me, like whether it be from impact or whether it Mm -hmm. be from rapid, you know, like depth change, Mm -hmm. rapid pressurization, right? Like Mm -hmm. those are all valid things, right? Like that to me, that explained it right away that we don't, that it's a devastated population because of the accident, because of this disaster that occurred.
1: I wonder if we could throw something out there really radical, like that the, the cephalopods were created by the machines or there's some ancient or distant relationship between the two that we're not aware of yet.
0: Are we are we dealing? I oh, I really don't want to do with that new alien movie Prometheus. I don't want this to be a Prometheus <laughs> situation, Daniel.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I'm not necessarily seeing that either. I'm just I'm just wondering. I, I just feel like there's the answer. Some has something to do with the machines. I don't know what the answer is though.
0: I mean, we we don't have to have them connected. We could I I think it was much easier when we just had it be like this was a political attack that fucked up royally and now mm. because that fuck up there's now an accelerationist. Like that is what born the accelerationist is like the discovery of the machines is what like made them want to sink even further.
2: Well, I, I did like the idea that it was like a, a- multi-faceted treachery that Daniel had wanted where there were the explosions targeted at the sect itself. And then that sect kind of found out and decided to do it for this entire area of the city. And like maybe to make sure that they're still coming across as very selfish, like that was their decision to do this because they wanted to go off and make their own city and kind of prove that they could do it better than these other elite forces that were up there. And then once they got down there and saw the robots, that's when they decided that they want to go even deeper for that potential power that it could bring them.
0: I just want to clarify their rationale. So their idea was to bomb their section of the city and sink them so they could prove to the, to the other people that they could do it better. Or if they were just like so
2: off mentally that they thought that that was the best solution for their continued survival.
0: You,
1: you could do both, right? So you could take what you're saying about some calamity being predicted by the group, right? Mm-hmm. that that at least sets up the need to um, preserve themselves, but also make them really wacky. So <laughs> maybe they have on top of that they have some, I don't know, crazy religious concept of the abyss mm-hmm. that that is the salvation in their minds. Mm-hmm. to this right. calamity. I'm, I'm
0: okay with religious zealotry. That's uh-huh. what I'm okay you, with. Yeah. I just needed, I just needed rationale that I can support and understand.
1: So I'm, try, I'm trying to bring the two together. So like what yeah. Rob was saying about a calamity right now, and a calamity unrelated to the situation mm-hmm. that's trying to be stopped. But then also you're saying that they have this deep seated self inward need to be better or better than everyone else. Improve something and maybe has something to do with their like twisted view of I don't know the abyss it's vague Mm -hmm. though. I don't, I don't, I don't know.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, to be fair, I was just tossing that out. as like Mm -hmm. a way to give them another reason to be doing this, that also tied in with you wanting them to be like
1: kind of evil assholes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering, yeah, if that could work.
0: Well, okay. Because we have the religious zealotry aspect. Now I'm more on board and I can offer you something that I think might make sense. Right. Uh, I'm going to bring up Christianity y'all. What's up. What's good. Anyway, Uh, So yeah, what do evangelists want is the second coming of Christ, right? Right. They want the apocalypse so they can join the kingdom of heaven forever, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? So if you add in religious zealotry, then the swallowing maw of the abyss is maybe that's where they believe that their heaven is. Maybe they believe that by sinking themselves into this abyss, it will actually cause an ascension spiritually. So maybe- Uh, Their idea of sinking into the abyss is like their version of the rapture. So those who die in the descent into the abyss are actually pure. And so there's now like a religious aspect where it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. the only people who are left at the bottom of that ocean are the unclean and the sinners, which means that you can have people of that faith who have survived and are dealing with massive trauma and massive guilt hmm mm-hmm. I, I like that, that makes sense to me yeah i like that And i wonder i yeah, wonder I like that, too.
1: that but we can strengthen that if we flip one thing to like make it even stronger is suppose the machines didn't come from below suppose the civilization above was actually far more advanced at the time that it existed and it had these machines Then they're they're obviously shaped like crabs because it's kind of like an ocean sort of setting and <laughs> it was a way to maintain and really make a great city and so after the calamity, there's fewer people because they all got harmed, right? And there's only now there's there's a lot more machines. And I imagine this like um this cult that believes in this maw doesn't like the machines then. And so like they that might be why they're aligned with the ones who want to blow up all the um blow up all the machines yeah. because they're like anti technology. Mm-hmm. I
0: can see the I can see the through line. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So now you've got like that explains why they're caretakers, because they were designed to be. That's what explains why there's a lot of them. Um, it doesn't explain the giant crabs, but we can
0: get to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've just created a massively complex plot to get us to the bottom of the, to get <laughs> yes. us basically yes. where we started from. So, uh-huh. but now we've got factions involved, and mm. I am down with that. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of factions, Courtney, you've already given yours. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, Daniel, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off and tell us. Where you want to go with your faction.
1: Well, so Courtney it reminded me your
0: faction were the astrologers. Yeah, it was they the astrologers. Okay.
2: As astrologers and then sort of turned into these religious zealots, yeah.
0: I mean, potato potato, man, you know.
1: So they're like the accelerationist, basically, <laughs> yeah, the ones deep yeah. in the core of this right. conspiracy who believe. They pretty much
2: it. turned into that, yeah.
1: Got it. Okay, great. <laughs> but they but they see things as part it's like there's an astrology to it that is the basis of their religion. In, yeah, in, like they've signs. seen
2: they've seen the signs, they've seen Got the it. omens, yeah.
1: Okay. So then I think what would work in my case, because mine was kind of that, but I, I can change it in a way that I think will work. I want to make the good guy version of that. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with the with, with the group that is the the kind of the philosopher class that rules, or at least that is not rules with so much as like the their Senate or whatever, the ones mm. that keep things diplomatically in check. Um, And I think what would be neat with them is they understand the original uh, relationship between them and the machines that they created to be caretakers of the city. But instead of like, I don't want to go in the route of like Olympus and psionics. So I'm thinking what they actually do is they can, um, they have a musical connection to them. Mm -hmm. And like it uses like tones um, that are sacred in order to communicate with the machines so this class that what they're known for in their artistry is obviously music, but also like an understanding of how the music controls and communicates with the machines. I wouldn't say controls because I feel like I want the machines to, to not be slaves in a way. Yes. Absolutely. So it's like a, a language to speak to and to kind of a communion with them, mm-hmm. um, which certainly could be perverted, but these philosopher types are trying to preserve their city
0: through that relationship. I can, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if we're doing like philosopher class, or you know, like a a smarty pants, mm-hmm. I did I did some cephalopod research in oh, our great. in our time in between, and um, I wanted to say I I immediately was like, okay, if we have like a kind of smarty pants class, they have to be nautilus because nautilus are like they're little guys and they got like up to ninety tentacles, and to me <laughs> oh, like wow. it's a lot of tentacles, y- yes, and they just like hang out in a shell all day and they're little, and I'm like, wait a minute. That to me sounds like like an upper class, you know, like literally yeah. like protected, like twee and like all sorts of like small limbs and stuff like that. That to me, like yeah, your Nautilus class mm-hmm. is essentially these uh, chanters, right? Yeah,
1: I like that, and it makes me wonder, mm-hmm. like Courtney's astrologer acceleration. Is, I'm picturing something long and black and scary looking, like or purplish. Like what? Do, what do we have for that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh for, yeah, wait, what's the look of the astrologer, uh-huh. here, Courtney? That is a
2: good question. Uh... (laughs) Did you
1: notice any creatures in your research?
2: (laughs) I guess none that stood out to me as that in particular. But I mean, could they also be Nautilus type creatures? They've just sort of
0: developed in a different way.
1: Or indistinguishable, maybe. That's why they're treacherous. Well, I mean, you could also
0: just make them cuttlefish as well. That's also something you could do. I like
1: I like the idea of because these are these are people that are they're part of the treachery right I, I like the mm-hmm. idea of them being part of this class they're just a sect within it that's you know? true
2: yeah if like nobody quite knows who they are they're mm-hmm. sort of in in their midst
0: mm-hmm. oh okay I want you to Google image search cuttlefish and tell me that that's not a treacherous motherfucker look at look at this come on guys they're so cute I like they're so cute they're little cute they're, they're treacherous. Motherfuckers, come on, no, guys! No, yes, a little
1: little cute little tentacle face and little eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're tiny.
0: Those are the kind of motherfuckers who are going to try and like bury us in like tons of water and ocean. they're, no. they're, they're the one. No, no. Think no. about it think about it it's always it's always the pastors with the shiniest teeth with the most gelled hair the ones who have like the veneers that is a fucking cuttlefish and that's a cultist the cute adorable face that you're looking into is the same cute adorable face that wants you to meet oblivion at the bottom of the ocean maybe
1: there's like in the in this maybe there's like one group right and it's made up of nautiluses and cuttlefishes, mm-hmm. and one group is like the religious class and one is the um like the sciencey the musical class mm-hmm. and so the nautiluses are the musical ones but the cuttlefish are like the priests and they're all supposed to be one concert of good things but like you're saying one of the cuttlefishes are evil you know or a few of them oh yeah
0: Ooh, yeah. yeah. By the way, I like the fact that you mentioned them as concerts. And I think that that's yeah. a great <laughs> group name to call them. Like these are oh, cast yeah. systems. They're concerts. Right. Yeah. I like that. that because cool. that emphasizes the musicality of the setting. And like, you know, when you have the music class and you can also separate it from like high class music and low class music. And my faction as a masterful segue is of the lower class for sure. Unless we have more cuttlefish that we want to talk about.
2: I was going to say that Nautilus things have like a sort of shell in them, right?
0: They have mm-hmm. shells. Yes. Yeah.
2: I wonder if that's what they use in part of their like music making or their their communication with the robots. They like use their shells in some way.
0: Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Like as an instrument.
2: Yeah. And like that's mm-hmm. what gives them the
0: ability to better communicate with uh, them than the other cephalopods. They're evolved Ooh. that way.
1: Yeah. That makes yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, and it's like okay, these these creatures can't naturally make these sounds, but because they have this shell, yeah, they're then able to like uh, I don't know, maybe through some kind of weird nonsensical non-science <laughs> magic, yeah. ha- make this happen. You know,
1: it also means that the cuttlefish priests need the nautiluses in order to control the machines.
0: Mm-hmm. right and that's yeah. actually that that's where it becomes really interesting that's where we can add in the treachery right mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. who actually betrayed who there and right. you, you know because there's so much intermingling between these two concerts that you know like th- I, that yeah that's good I, li- I like the way that we can kind of play mm-hmm. with that that's that's really fun um, so c- can, I, can I go now can I introduce my questions yes. okay so you all know I'm a working class man you know this i am deeply appreciative of labor unions of construction workers of engineers and well which are a little bit highfalutin but you know whatever uh, of of people who are laborers right they do not get enough respect and god damn it that's the same case that we're dealing with here so i wanted to introduce an entire concert of laborers and of working class folks who's one one thing so uh, little cephalopod chat here. I found out that certain squids can actually fly and can actually Hmm. like produce so much power in their jets that they, they can essentially like they can fly above the water for a good distance. Right. But what that translates down here is you have uh, folks who can essentially jump superhuman distances because they are basically like able to jet around with the kind of physiology that they have, right? Um, So that to me is really fascinating. And to me, I'm thinking that these are the folks who maintain the lily pads, who drop themselves or, or sink down to the bottom as far as they can go. And then they jump back up with their jets. They basically have a way to like stay under the lily pad to make sure that things are growing properly. They're miners basically, but they're cool underwater weirdo miners and that's what i wanted to introduce because they are they're literally keeping the city afloat and i really wanted to give them their due and honor them as best as they possibly can
2: i like that yeah i had also thought of something not nearly the same but similar as far as like um, a group that would be taking care of the lily pads, checking the status Um, Mm -hmm. but my thought was like through riding the hermit crab robots (laughs) but yeah i like i like where you went that they're not dependent on the robots for what they need to do
0: yes
1: Mm -hmm. what um what creature am i googling to see what they look like
0: oh you just there's a squid they're like certain regular squid yeah oh the other thing that i thought was really cool as well is that um certain squid when they eat they can actually not release the kind of like waste that they have and it actually creates ammonia which then allows them to rise on their own (laughs) which is like yeah, yeah, it's like super it's crazy. So, and then what they do is they'll release it, and like basically, it's like a stink cloud that also gives them a speed burst as well. Mm. Where's our
1: octopuses then? Could they can these be like also octopuses too? Like,
0: yeah, why not big muscly ones? Cause they yeah, seem like they'd be strong. There's squid and there's octopi. Why not? Mm. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah. cool with like. I mean, really, if we're we're making differentiation here, that. Like blue-collar folk are squid and octopi, and uh-huh. the cuttlefish and the uh, <laughs> the little ones. Yeah, the the nautilus. They're mm-hmm. they're like upper class, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of like a weird. I, I also want to be careful that we're not creating bioessentialism here yes. by by like forcing caste systems here or like co- concert systems here.
1: Well, I think there's like a, an evolutionary reasoning behind this. Like, mm. for example, um, oh. you know, and some people might call it bioletentium and I would say that they're dumb for calling it that. But <laughs> in this case, <laughs> what, what we're trying to say is like, I think if you've got big beefy octopuses and big beefy squid people maintaining the lily pads and the structure of the city, it doesn't mean they're dumb, but it means it may have been evolutionary, like evolved to do that over time. Well, Whereas the, you know, the Nautilus ones and the cuttlefish like that's just how they've evolved. like one has a shell that's meant to do that.
0: well, let's let's just go ahead and think about it this way. Maybe you make the choice when you're a developing cephalopod, and it's not that you're born that way. It's that you choose that way and then your body rapidly changes as a result. That's so you' you remove the bioessentialist element and you're creating like, no, this is my choice. And then what what that also does is it creates this kind of interesting discussion or or interesting thought experiment, I suppose, where it's like, I thought that I wanted this and I changed my entire life to do this. And now I realize that I don't want it. So can an octopus then make the change into being like one of the Nautilus concerts or something like that? And, And vice versa, obviously. Right. And I think that is an interesting kind of conversation that we can have as well. Because we have this like base form cephalopod that can then choose or transform into through, you know, all sorts of bioevolutionary nonsense, right? Yeah,
2: it's kind of cool. Like you start off with these cute little baby cephalopods going around Mm -hmm. and then at some point, like at a certain developmental point, they have to make a choice and they Mm -hmm. go into some other pod or something and some transformation takes place. They come out Mm -hmm. as this fully developed organism.
1: That would perhaps provide a purpose for the machines. Um, I wonder so. if, so I wonder if, because what you're describing seems like um, what you call supra evolutionary, and then it sense you're kind of taking mm-hmm. control of how you evolve. So Correct. I wonder if, if the machines um, it, is what enabled them to be able to have that choice over time. And and that's why they're so um, nurturing and designed to protect the creatures. Like, so the little, the little cute unformed Cephalopods—they go through this process in one of these machine chambers that then shapes them into one of these paths. And interesting, perhaps mm-hmm. the art of doing that has to do with you know the music of what they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so mm-hmm. so maybe you hear a certain tone and then you're you're attracted to that or something like that, and then that kind mm-hmm. of like shapes how you start to change and like evolve yeah. and, and stuff like, like that maybe yeah. there's
1: some kind of like very highly advanced almost magical like uh, tonality that really mm-hmm. shapes their genetics like accelerates their genetics to become yeah. this one thing you know mm-hmm.
0: that that's actually really interesting and mm-hmm. and justifies that rapid evolution and that yeah. that kind of that uh that mode yeah. that's interesting. and the
1: sacredness of the machines too like yeah. the machines now yeah. for yeah, at least absolutely. for the the old class you remember what they're for. That's why they respect them and care about yeah. them. You know?
0: and and now I'm a lot more on board with these uh, hermit crabs being part of society from the get go, because mm-hmm. now there's like a, a more of a reason for that to exist.
1: Yeah, like there's a they're like essential to their culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, with you talking about the
2: tonality and the music kind of directing where they go, like their mm-hmm. purpose in life. Um, what if that's part of what's going on with the extremist astrologist zealots too? Like no. they're hearing some tone deep, <gasps> deep below. Deep.
0: Oh yeah, kind of yes. like a yeah. whale
2: song sort of thing, yes. and they're interpreting yeah, it as like we need to keep going down. We need I to hear what that. this is. Yeah,
0: that's good. I love a call from the
2: depths.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. the ultimate yeah. tones yeah. they hear. They're mm-hmm. so far below, and all these steps they've been trying to get closer to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, can, can we establish though that? This is like a highly specific, highly religious aspect. Like they believe it, but it's not necessarily true. And there's maybe some mystery based around that. Mm -hmm. I
1: I would like it to be the case that they don't really know what it is, but that it is provable that there is a sound. That would be interesting. See,
0: I like the idea that these, the people who are following the chant from the depths, Mm -hmm. they have to take it as faith. And we as like kind of the audience don't know either way, which is true or not, because there there's going to be things that like, oh, yeah, no, 100 percent. The chant from the depths is absolutely real. But then it's like, well, you kind of ex- you can kind of explain that. Right. Like I want that kind of unknowingness. I want the mystery to be there, whether or not it's real.
1: I mean, I what you just said, I think can work like. Th- there might be a way to explain away what the noise is. Like, just like you hear strange patterns from space. It turns out to just be like some interference. It uh-huh. could be explained that way. But I would like it to be that such that the philosopher class, they there is something. They Maybe they don't believe it's this magical tone, um, but they know something is being heard. That way there's like questions as to what this is mm-hmm. once it's pointed out.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I don't really see like our ideas clashing too much with each other. Yeah. Like, I think
1: what you're saying is like, we don't ultimately, the the story doesn't know what it is. We can't prove anything about it. But the idea that it's out there and it's a question of interpretation, I think that's really seductive.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And I like the idea that you can now have like, you can call a non-believer tone deaf, yeah, because they don't hear mm. the exactly the tone yeah. from the. Deep. Or they just like, see
1: they see noise, and they're like, "Oh, that's just like the the trenches. Mm. It has all these you know waves and stuff, and that's how it works." Yeah, you know,
0: I don't hear anything. There's just mm-hmm. silence, and then like mm-hmm. the the believer is like hearing a chime or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh no, they got them," you know, or something <laughs> like that. And what would be really interesting as well is if you followed like. Two people, and like they didn't hear it together for the longest time, and then one day out of the blue, they both like hear maybe, it. No, no, just one of them oh, hears okay. it, and then that's where you see that schism, where you see them like start mm-hmm. to drift apart, and you follow both of their stories as mm-hmm. they. Actually, we we can make it so one of them goes to the upper concert, and the other one goes down to the lower concert. And then you see them like kind of just it's like an origin story for these two very different people. And like the way that you can frame that through the tones, through being tone deaf is like so chef's kiss. Amazing. Really fun. I think
1: one question then is um, what what is the deal with the giant crabs that are not
0: nice? (laughs) Oh, Daniel. I mean, come on, man. Um, We got the giant uh, crabs. (laughs) You forgot about that. We still need the giant crabs uh because we can I mean, literally they're... just jettison them right like we don't mm-hmm. actually need them because we have all this other like these other hazardous things besides giant enemy crabs
1: they were, yeah but they i kind of like the giant so up enemy crabs yeah it's a courtney <laughs> if she wants them we gotta make them happen
0: <laughs> uh, but i want giant enemy crabs yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i mean let's play it out and see what
1: happens mm-hmm. so yeah. we know these machines are um responsible for their transformation the squids from from one state to the other it's uh taking control of their destiny almost right away from science itself from, from from their natural development as far as we know so is this a perversion of that are these just giant machines or are they a version of that maybe are they misunderstood are they really bad
0: those are questions mm-hmm. i would put on the table well we can do a couple of things here right Uh, Number one, we can not make them mechanical anymore. We can just have them be bio crabs and they're just giant monsters that roam the sea, right? Mm -hmm. That's one option. The other option is to... uh, well, okay, well, actually, I don't like that idea. Never mind, I take that <laughs> back. Because, because the the cheap way, the way to cheap out is that these crabs are actually the source of the chime from the depths, right? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't, want that, to, I don't yeah. want to do that. Right? That. No, right. That's why I said it's a dumb idea, and I don't want to do it. Right? Yeah, like because right. that that takes away so much of the mystique and the, in the mystery mm-hmm. of what we're talking about
2: mm-hmm.
0: here. But if we if we insist that they are mechanical, then they have to have a function, and. What function would appear aggressive, but actually isn't?
2: Um, If they are something that cities used to be built on top of, like they are roving cities in a way.
0: Mm -hmm. So, okay. Square that for me, though. Why would they be attacking or why would they be a threat?
2: It might not even be that they've attacked. It's just that they look very terrifying out there like massive mechanical crabs. Another way to go is if they are natural and not mechanical, maybe like the remnants of other cities have allowed them to grow to this size. Like they have Mm. swapped out their shells over time. Sure. And their shells are now the husks of ancient cities that have fallen into the depths.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea. I I can certainly get behind that for sure. Mm. The other, actually the other option, which I think might be more of like, an adventure, like a, a reason for an adventurers' guild to exist, which is they feed on the lily pads. So, you know, when when all of a sudden, like the city starts to rumble a little bit, it's the uh, the laborers' union that has to go down and fend off the giant crab from eating the stalks of these lily pads or eating mm. the the bits of the lily pad that exist. So it's like they're an existential threat because they threaten to literally undermine the foundation that is mm-hmm. keeping the city afloat. Yeah, that works.
1: So I guess the question would be, are they mechanical or not to decide a path here?
0: I, I mean, it does. Like when I say they feed on the lily pad, if, if they're biological, then they're literally eating it. Mm-hmm. If they are mechanical, then their job or their um, purpose is to remove refuse, which they see as the lily pad, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And in, and in that way, you could actually give them a slightly less maligned kind of um motivation which is there is something below that the lily pad is blocking right
1: mm. well I, I guess the reason why I ask is if are we thinking of them being mechanical or not is because if they're mechanical that means they were created by something so it raises some other questions yeah. that we have to oh think into.
2: and that also means that the nautilus things can probably talk to communicate them. <laughs> with them in some way which would be interesting with the yeah. accelerationists if the accelerationists oh. figure out how to Get those crabs to snip away at the foundations.
1: I like the idea of them also like feeding on the lily pads too. I don't want to lose that. So I'm I'm wondering if we go the mechanical route, I'm wondering too, is the technology related, like the transformational technology they have and these crabs? Are they similar technologies?
0: I want to say that the transformation aspect is not linked. Like the little Mm -hmm. hermit crabs are specifically designed to nurture labor and um, encourage that kind of evolutionary pathway, right? But right. the big crabs, the, like the the regular, like the king crab, the Alaskan crab that are trying to like clean up the lily pads or like eat them or whatever, I see them as like their purpose is entirely different. They don't have nearly the same tones and nearly, like it's basically like the difference between schools of magic, right? If the hermit crabs are abjuration, then these giant king crabs are like evocation, right? Like you you can still kind of talk to them, but your specialization is going to differ greatly between the two types.
1: Did these machines then exist before the city fell? Like, were they part of this technology? Because we're saying they're in the depths, right?
0: Right, I mean, if we give them purpose to be like, cleaners of the depths then them trying to clear out the lily pad makes sense they have a function and that function is to ensure that like nothing is blocking the pathway you know from the depth to the surface essentially
1: so they went rogue then after the fall
0: no 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 it's just that the lily pad is genuinely in the way and their purpose is to remove the obstruction and they don't know that the obstruction is what they're actually trying to protect.
1: But what I mean by them going rogue is like if they're part of the technology that was owned by the squids, and now it's working mm-hmm. against them, it's doing it's in opposition to them, right? So it, their programming must be awry, or something must be causing them, because otherwise they'd be able to say stop eating these lily pads if they're equivalently controlled like the like the nurse ones.
0: Oh, oh, I'm suggesting you you know that I mean? the I I do understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm suggesting that. In the cataclysm, the ability to talk to these things and program them has, has been lost.
1: That's what I mean. by yeah, that's what I mean by went rogue. So, so in the cataclysm, yeah, they've right. broken off somehow. Got it. Okay.
0: Right. When you say going rogue, there's an intentionality. Like there's like malice behind it. I mean, it's just semantics. All I'm saying
1: is, like for me, mm-hmm. when you say go rogue for a programmer, that means that the program is doing something that you didn't want it to do.
0: Are you talking to a programmer, Daniel? Get out of here, nonsense. <laughs> that's all I mean. <laughs> I got no. I got you. I understand what you're talking about. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah. So okay, we've squared the giant crabs. Is it time to move on to a story quest or a main quest line? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's roll some dice and see where our cephalopod story takes us. Oh, if we roll bottomless hunger for the theme, that's going to be so appropriate. <laughs> I'm I'm not. Okay. I I say that and I just realize that if I actually get bottomless hunger, it's going to seem like a work. It's not a work. But let's roll the die. Our theme for the main story quest is... Not bottomless hunger. It's treachery again. Okay. Wow. Uh, We got treachery all the way down. And the first thing that we're focusing on in this main story quest is something brand new. Interesting. Hmm. So I don't know about you guys, but my brain immediately jumps to there's a new type of crab.
2: Is this new type of crab? Has it been engineered recently?
0: Oh, it's it's newly created? Is that what you're suggesting? Or oh, Yeah, just, just tossing the idea out there.
1: I like what Courtney said earlier about being able to talk to them. Like Maybe the Accelerationists have taken control of them and used them for other purposes.
0: Mm. Who, who's them? Who are you talking about, Daniel? The crabs. Oh, oh, so that's what you're suggesting? Is that this is something brand new?
1: Yeah, that the Accelerationists have found a way to speak to the big machine crabs to use them for some other purpose.
0: Okay. A new treachery. Mm. Okay. So, so what, what then is our quest line involved in? Because if, if the new threat, right, is that these accelerationists have found a way to control the, the king crabs, then what, what's the storyline? What do they have to do? I mean,
1: clearly the accelerationists want us to descend further into the abyss. Correct. And Mm -hmm. you said the machines were designed to eat the lilies. But they kind of do it arbitrarily because they're just following their old programming. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the accelerationists are using them in concert with each other to really destroy the lollipads. So then you can have a quest line of your lower class squids trying to stop that from happening and figuring mm-hmm. out the conspiracy.
0: So where where is the treachery? Is, the, is it that the treachery is revealed? Because this isn't treachery. This is like them doing the same thing that they've been doing.
1: I think the treachery is the concerted effort of all of them working together suddenly with a mysterious intelligence when before they were just kind of monsters randomly
0: attacking. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. New intelligence makes me think that there's a new player involved and that also works with something brand new as well. Can we get maybe a new manifestation of the chimes from the deep? I think that'd be really interesting if we toss that in there somehow. What do you mean by that? I'm saying that something new, there's been a revelation, whether that be a religious revelation or like a new piece of technology that has enabled them to talk to the king crabs. There's been a development, basically, because I like the idea that there's been a stalemate and then something has happened, whether it be religious, technological or something that has that has enabled them to talk to the king crabs because them just learning how to do it narratively is is unsatisfying and what you essentially force the heroes or the protagonists to do at that point is to basically wipe out the sect right because the knowledge whatever. But if we if we turn it into a, a religious artifact or a piece of technology, then you now have a different type of quest where it's like you have to destroy that thing. And that to me, Sounds better, a little bit better than genocide because then you can at least come back with a new, uh, you you can have those villains come back because like you destroyed our ancient relic, we're going to fuck you up, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, what if it's a an instrument,
2: like a yeah, literal musical instrument that allows them yep. to communicate? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I like that a lot, Courtney. I'm I'm mm-hmm. vibing with that hard. It could be something that they
1: um, designed perhaps or created from older designs.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I, I like that quite a bit as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, I would like, it would be really nice if that, the instrumentality of it, um, the technology or the methodology comes from the machines that nurture their transformation. How do you mean? So whatever music is, that it generates that allows them to speak to these um, crazy giant crabs is the same or similar music that's used to transform young cephalopods to their final forms.
2: But just like amplified or something?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: I like the what I like about that is it shows how you can pervert the technology to do something awful. Mm, I see. Mm.
0: So, but uh, I I do want to keep it to like a piece of technology, and uh, uh, you know that that could still work. I mean, it could be that there is some method of perverting that technology, and there there is a a, a new way that's been discovered, and that's interesting me. I think I can get behind that.
2: What if it's a um, an organ like you would find
0: in a church or a cathedral? yeah oh Mm -hmm. and okay okay we we haven't done it yet but i mean like let's look at like cuttlefish and nautilus i did say nautilus can have up to 90 tentacles Mm -hmm. maybe you have to be like a 90 tentacled uh you know or like or like you have to be of this particular thing just to be able to play the organ as it is Mm -hmm. so there's like some exceptionalism involved with it as well
2: so then i could see like a a final conflict or something if you're playing a group of octopi or squids from kind of further down if they get to this area and figure out that the organ is what's needed to communicate mm-hmm. they basically like have to work together to perform music that normally would be played by a single nautilus mm-hmm. but with them it's like a quartet or a quintet that they yeah. have to pull this off flawlessly. oh that's neat
0: I see you mean. I love the idea of collectivism, you know this. Yeah. So you already know <laughs> that I'm down with something like that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 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 down. I dig it deeply. That's really fun.
1: And what's also interesting about that is um destroying the machine will certainly stop them from doing what they're doing in the short term, but it's the knowledge of the song that is really the mm-hmm. dangerous thing. And that can't be destroyed.
0: Right. And that's, that's why I like the idea of like, okay, you have to like, they're, they're a recurring villain. And so that threat can be, you know, that threat can come back like, okay, we basically have to commit genocide, but also like, maybe not so much like there's a way that we can prevent it now that we have this information, you know?
2: Yeah. And I could see it having like repercussions down the line, how the Mm. party decides to figure this out. Like if they decide to keep the organ and they, they play the song and they learn how to control stuff that allows them to control the crabs far into the future. Whereas if they destroy it, they've kind of lost that ability to communicate with these things.
0: Yeah. There's a moral quandary involved. Yeah, now, absolutely. And I mean, like what will you also do with that? Like, that's like such a classic fantasy trope, this idea that like the heroes took care of something long ago, but it's been, the knowledge of it has been lost to time. Mm-hmm. And like, we're, we're setting up like that quest line later on down the road as well. You know, like that's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, I I think we nailed it, you guys. I think we did it. I think so. Yep. <laughs>
2: I feel like I'm imagining the setting as like way cuter than it should be.
0: I think it's all. The, I think it's the bioluminescence and the lights, and also yes, cuttlefish are uh, yeah. adorable. They're yeah. pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're evil bastards. Remember. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I do like um, the cohesion. Like each of the elements we've added, like add up, mm-hmm. and they all mm-hmm. they all make sense together.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, if you wanted to just explore the inherent danger of the depths of this kind of landscape, you have that option as well. There's so much to it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really fun. So, yeah, a big thank you to Gluax for offering this to us, this off the chain type of uh, prompt. We thank you deeply, Gluax. And Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter over at Let's World Build. Or if you want to engage with us more directly, you can go to our Discord where you can chat with us about world building, cephalopods, or your own world building setting. Uh, We also have a Patreon where lovely, generous people like Glue-Ax can uh, give us money and they get benefits too. It's not like a a completely one-way street. They get extra benefits like patron-only episodes, early access to episodes, patron-only Discord, and um, they get double the length for any setting that they would submit. So instead of one episode, they get two, which is why we had a two-parter with Glue-Ax. Uh, A huge thank you to all our patrons and all of our listeners. We thank you and love you deeply. Kiss you on the mouth, that type of stuff. Not really. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week.